welcome to Little Detours with Regina Brett, where in 10 minutes or less, you get tips, tools, and takeaways to help you love yourself, your life, and everyone in it. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Regina Brett. The family needed help. Doctors had given up on their son, put him in an institution, they said. The family refused. The Johns family moved to my hometown, Ravenna, back in 1969 when I was in eighth grade. Someone in our church found out they needed help and decided to recruit students from a Catholic grade school to help. A woman in our church took a handful of us to volunteer at his home. Diane Plough had a gentle soul and wanted to teach us to be of service to others. We already spent one Sunday morning a month volunteering at church making donuts from 6 a.m. to noon to sell as a fundraiser. Wasn't that enough? No. Diane wanted us to help Tommy. He was severely developmentally and physically disabled. Our job was to spend Saturday mornings patterning him. The family needed a team of people to come by twice a day to exercise him. Diane brought the five of us. I hated going at first. It was hard work and didn't seem to make any difference, at least not any you could see. But I liked Diane. She was pretty with flaming red hair, and she treated us like we were young women, not kids in grade school. Week after week, we spent hours in Tommy's basement, trying to get him to crawl through a contraption on the floor. It was like a tunnel made of wood with string over the top in a crisscross pattern to keep him from escaping. We had to force him to crawl all the way through. He hated it. So did we. He'd moan and groan and claw at the string and get stuck and fight as we untangled him. The basement looked like a physical therapy room with all kinds of areas set up to exercise and stretch Tommy. He had to be patterned morning and evening. It took five people, one to hold each limb and one to hold his head. He lay on a table and one of us was stationed at each arm and leg to move it on command. It was like making him swim in the air. One person held his head down and turned it side to side. No one wanted his head. Tommy would drool and spit and try to grab your hair. You had to be careful not to get your fingers near his mouth or he might bite you. At least that's what we were told. We heeded the warning. We were 13. Tommy was probably two years older. He seemed much younger as he yanked our hair and waved his arms and legs around and grunted. He couldn't do anything on his own, not even sit up, crawl, or feed himself. The whole ordeal of exercising him must have been painful for him. But we had to move his muscles so they wouldn't atrophy. He fought every movement. Tommy was skinny with dark, short hair. He couldn't talk. He could only grunt, cry, laugh, and wail. He was so strong it was hard to force his arms and legs to go in directions he didn't want to. It was a workout for everyone. The only payoff came at the end of each session, when he knew we were done, and he'd relax and smile and laugh, and he seemed so overjoyed to see us. In all that time, I didn't see any progress, not a smidge. We kept going every week because Diane saw a spirit in him that we couldn't. What was the point, I wondered, but never out loud. Tommy would never get better, and he didn't, not while I was volunteering. But the experience taught me to be of service, and I went on to volunteer elsewhere in high school. A few years after I stopped helping Tommy, I volunteered at Happy Day School in Brady Lake, Ohio, for the multiply handicapped. I was teaching kids who had to wear helmets how to make the sound of alphabet letters. I'll never forget the day I noticed a young man standing at the end of the hall. He looked familiar. It was Tommy. He was not only standing, he was walking. I couldn't believe it. The miracle happened. I had given up, but the rest of the volunteers hadn't. It turns out Tommy only walked for a year, 
and then his hips got dislocated and gave out. His parents didn't want him to have to go through surgeries that might not work. He ended up getting around in a wheelchair. He lived into his 50s and stayed at a group home where he had many friends. His mom, Jean, would visit him every day. Jean never knew how much he understood, but told me Tommy had a built-in timer. He knew when she came to visit and when she was supposed to be there and didn't get there on time. He laughed when he saw her. She would entertain him with musical toys that lit up and made sounds. She loved that he hummed when he was happy. It wasn't until decades after coming to her home that I learned about her life. She told me her first baby died three days after birth. Then Tommy came along. He suffered from a lack of oxygen before, during, or after his birth. They didn't know for six months when he wasn't showing signs of progress, that he was profoundly mentally and physically impaired. He couldn't sit up and didn't make any noise. At first, Jean was bitter, but her husband consoled her, telling her, Tommy doesn't know he's different. They prayed a lot. Then they lost another child, a son who died at nine years old from chickenpox. They ended up with one healthy son, David. To Jean, the miracle of Tommy wasn't that he walked. It was that he got to socialize with all those people who came to help him all those years. Tommy got to be part of a rich, caring community. He wasn't isolated at home or tucked away in an institution. He had friends who came every day to see him. So did his family. I met so many nice people through him, Jean told me. He was my little angel. He shaped my whole way of life. It turns out he shaped my life too. Tommy taught me to give of myself. I went on to volunteer at Happy Day School, at the American Red Cross Blood Drives and their disaster services, and the Kent State University Volunteer Ambulance Service, where I became an EMT. Tommy shaped Andrea's life, too. She saw something in him that I missed. Oh, there was something there, she told me. I think there was more to him than what we thought. When Tommy grabbed her hair to play, she'd think, I know you're in there. Tommy helped shape her philosophy for life. I'm not here for me, she said. I'm here for others. We pull each other through. Tommy taught me to go from me to we. And he taught me that you never give up. You can't quit before the miracle happens. And there might just be more than one miracle. Thanks for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. I'm grateful you join me and hope you keep coming back. You can subscribe to Little Detours with Regina Brett at Apple Podcast, or at your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, please give me a rating and review so I can reach even more people. If you want more inspiration, head to my website, reginabrett.com. While you're there, sign up for my weekly newsletter so every Sunday morning in your email, you get a dose of inspiration. Thanks for listening. Now go make something possible.